0: Well, uh, hello there and welcome back to a brand new month and a brand new edition of the Bet US Boxing Show. I'm TJ Reeves with our insider from his Fight Freaks Unite Substack and from BigFightWeekend.com. Hello to Dan Rayfield. We are uh, sorry Dan, good to have you here on the program. Ready to go for another month, ready to go for another weekend? I'm ready. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And we're sorry for the delay for those of you that have been waiting to watch us live. If you're seeing us later in the day, there was a delay on the live show. We're apologizing for the delay, but we're ready to go and we're ready to handicap a fight card in Manchester, England. That is a rematch. So again, thank you for finding us. We're typically here at one Eastern time, a little later today. But we're ready to go and ready to start predicting fights and get a little uh, insight and a little handicapping on both of these. So let's get to it right away. The fight card is in Manchester, England that we're interested in. It is a rematch between Liam Smith and Chris Eubank Jr. As these two will headline the boxer promotion show as we get ready for that. Uh, now, and we're ready to handicap that when the guys at BetUS are ready for this. Uh, Smith and Eubank Jr. fought earlier this year in January with Liam Smith pulling the upset. So this rematch will be happening now, coming up on Saturday afternoon, uh, U.S. time. Saturday night, prime time in the U.K. And, Dan, while we wait for the graphic and for everything for everybody to be able to see that here on the show, we're anticipating this. We're ready to handicap the fight, and there's a lot of t- intrigue in the U.K. for sure about this fight.
1: Yeah, I mean, this has become a rivalry fight for sure. I mean, originally it was the rivalry was supposed to be Eubank against Conor Ben. We all know what happened there. The fight didn't happen because of Conor Ben's failed drug test. And when that dropped out, they find they were looking for another top name, and Liam Smith was the guy. He's a former champion in the junior middleweight division, has a few losses, only been stopped one time years ago by Canelo Alvarez. And they made the fight, and Liam Smith pulled the upset. And they had some, you know, some words with each other before the fight, and it sort of mushroomed into. Uh, a pretty intense uh, British, all-British rivalry between two good sure. quality teams.
0: All right, so we see the odds here. Again, this is about a 50-50 fight. These are middleweights. Again, you see for uh, Liam Smith, he is uh, actually plus 150 for the knockout, plus 300 for the decision, not bad odds, though, either, on Chris Eubank, Jr. This is the son of the former British star of the 1990s. Over under his 10 half rounds, Dan, this is a 12-round fight. Give me a little handicapping on this Smith-Eubank rematch.
1: Look, uh, Chris Eubank was the favorite in the first fight. Obviously, it didn't work out that way. He got knocked out in the fourth round, and it wasn't like— I didn't think it was fluky. He just sort of got nailed a few times and couldn't take it. And as uh, we've talked about, when he got dropped— I believe it was uh, at the end of the fight that he didn't even realize that he'd been knocked down, and that the fight was being stopped. So he was <laughs> kind of he was totally out of it. You know, Liam Smith, I think, has been under underappreciated for a long time, kind of been underrated for a few years. He's better than maybe we thought he's been, and maybe he's better at 160, having been able to bulk up a little bit uh, than when he was struggling to make weight at 154. And Eubank, you know, he's got the great last name. His father is a uh, you know was a top top fighter in the 90s and a multi division world champion, and you know maybe he's lived on that for a little bit. Uh, but when Eubank has stepped up against uh, the best guys, uh, Billy Joe Saunders, uh, George Groves, those are the other losses that he took. Uh, you know, he has not been able to kind of get over that hump. And, you know, the, the interesting thing about going to this fight was prior to this fight for the past, you know, several fights, last couple of years, three years, four years, whatever it's been, he's been trained by Roy Jones, who's been a fighter that he has uh, idolized other than his own father. And Roy, if anybody's familiar with the great Roy Jones, had one of the most unorthodox styles in boxing hands at his side you know pulled straight back but he had right. the crazy reflexes and the crazy speed he's like watching like a jazz performer and not everybody can do that so if you're trying to imitate Roy Jones you know good luck to you so he I think spent a lot of time trying to imitate him it didn't really work and when it came on into this fight he's now trained trainers uh I don't know if it was because there was an issue so much with Roy but Roy had some other things going on in any event he's now being trained for the first time by a much more uh uh, orthodox kind of trainer, let's say, and that's Brian McIntyre. Brian, of course, has gotten great accolades in recent weeks and months uh, for his work, uh, for his whole career with Terrence Crawford. But of course, when your guy wins the big one, as Crawford did at the end of July in his knockout victory over Errol Spence, the trainer gets a lot of that credit, too. So he goes into his first bout with Brian as his trainer. Um, I'm not so sure that's going to make a huge amount of difference, not because Brian's not a good trainer, obviously, but it's, you know, it's they haven't had a long training camp. It's limited time. And, uh, you know, even if you're going to make some changes, it doesn't really necessarily happen overnight. So that to me is sort of uh, an interesting sidelight to this fight to see if he can have him shore up his defense a little bit. Um, You know, my opinion is that it will be not quite enough. And that while I picked Eubank in the first fight uh, and Smith won, uh, you know, maybe I'll be proven wrong, but I'm taking Smith again. I don't think he's going to get him as early, but I picked him by the knockout. And it's a mm. 10.5 is the over-under. I think he, that Eubank goes longer. I did pick the over. Uh, not thrilled with that pick, but uh, I think we're going to see uh, Smith go 2-0. and And at the end of the day, we'll say uh, Liam Smith had his number.
0: And Liam Smith, obviously, is a former world champion. He's a little older. Let's see what happens in this one. You and I on opposite sides. I think Eubank gets his revenge. Mm. I don't know the how. So, we're going to disagree on the how. We'll lock Dan in on the Liam Smith KO. This is where you like to make fun of me. I will go money line for Chris Eubank Jr. here and cash the plus 125 on however he wins knockout or decision. You're cashing plus 150 if you get the knockout. And I don't have a feel for when. I don't know that this is going to be a knockout by Eubank or a decision. I'm just staying away. You will take the over 10 and a half rounds. So, just. By uh, one more step here, you believe this will be a longer fight where Smith pushes Eubank into the later rounds, wears him down, and then eventually stops him,
1: obviously. Yeah, that's my general thought about the way the fight goes, that Eubank will be better in this fight, but in the end, not sure it's going to be good enough to actually get the win. Uh, It's one of those kind of fights where I can totally see what you're saying. I mean, we do a betting show. They make us make picks, and so I made my pick. But there are certain times where you're extraordinarily confident in your pick. I'd be less than honest if I said this was one of those times. I can absolutely see Eubank getting the revenge, but I'm sticking with my pick. I'm sticking with Liam Smith. The evidence was there from the first fight. I don't think it was a fluke, as some might have said. Uh, he certainly had the plan and he delivered it. Uh, but you know, sometimes maybe maybe we don't know if Eubank was maybe taken a little bit lightly. Um, we don't know what the what the true uh, impact of training of of uh, the training uh, change will have been. But we'll have to see. But it is an intriguing fight. I mean, it's a great British rivalry. And the interesting thing, KG, it's not a world championship fight. But these are, you know, in the middleweight division, which is so poor at the moment, uh, when you've got, you know, Triple G, who's basically retired, uh, Charlo, who was a title holder but hasn't fought for, you know, over 800 days, and, you know, other fighters with uh, belts who are anonymous, like, uh, you know, Janabek and Gaultierre, you know, not well-known at all. These are probably two of the best-known fighters in the weight class. You know, I, I didn't mention Arislandi Lara, another title holder that's massively inactive. So, the winner of this fight is going to be one of the biggest names in the weight class mm-hmm. and probably get himself, not necessarily because of a mandatory, but because they have, they'll have they uh, have financial muscle to probably get themselves into a chance to fight for a world title.
0: And again, Liam Smith had been contemplating maybe retiring before the first Eubank fight. He wins it. Now he's on a much bigger stage. Big payday again. And again, there'll be a loud environment for sure in Manchester for this main event. Middleweight Smith-Eubank Jr. 2 That is the main event. Immediately preceding that fight, same boxer promotions card in Manchester. Let's talk about an up-and-coming junior welterweight about to fight his ninth pro fight. So fight number two here is Adam Azim, who is 8-0 with six knockouts, fighting against a uh, a Ukrainian opponent who is much more experienced, at least in terms of professional fights, in Aram Fanyan uh finding has got what 24 pro fights i believe it is dan now azeem is a massive 17 to 1 favorite on the bet us money lines so there's no value there the real question is if you think azeem's going to win is it by decision or ko you're going to spend a little bit on the knockout so, Will this fight go the distance dan give me some thoughts because again he's in there with an experienced yeah, ukrainian at, opponent that's got a lot of wins
1: azeem is one of the better young fighters in britain uh, sky channel which is doing this fight on pay-per-view they love him they signed him to a contract Very uh, charismatic, good punching power, shown through his first eight fights. And uh, they brought this guy in to, you know, make him look good. It was a fight that was supposed to be a main event a few months ago. Azim had a hand injury with an infection on his knuckle. It was rescheduled for this card. And uh, look, a lot of people expect big, big things from this young man. He's only 21 years old. He's got swagger, but he's got a fan base. He's also got power. Uh, He's got a good background. And, you know, they're putting him in with Fani, who's not a big puncher, only has like, you know, what, three or four knockouts in his career. His right. one loss was to a fighter named Rene Teles uh, T- Giron who is had some upsets. He upset Carlos Valderas, the American Olympian, not a not a not a uh, a top name, but a, you know a guy that people, if they pay attention, may have heard of. That's his one loss. That was a decision loss going back, you know, a couple years ago. Um, so when I saw that, I was sort of like, okay, you know, he's he's been in with that level opponent. Now, look, I think this is probably a step up for uh, Azim. But I think he's more than ready for this kind of uh, match, especially with a guy that that certainly lacks punching power based on his record. So I just think this is going to be a great showcase for Adam Azeem. Uh, cont- continue to build his name and his reputation uh, on a big show. And I think that even though he went uh, the distance in a recent fight, that the power will be back. I picked him by a stoppage. Now, uh, Founian has never been stopped. At, you know The Garon fight went the distance. But I think that Adam Azeem gets the, gets the knockout in this fight. The over-under, it's a 10-rounder, so the over-under uh, was placed at 7.5. I took the over. I think he will wear him down and get him out of there.
0: All right, so let's lock it in. You and I agree on the Azeem KO Uh, Again, for Azeem, his last fight was a decision win. His first pro fight, a decision win. His last fight, a decision win. Six knockouts in between. And, Dan, most of those are, like, in the first or second round. So this guy's been explosive. Say what you want about quality of competition. He is stepping up in competition here. We both both like the knockout. Go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, I think they match him with Fanyan partly because they believe that he is durable and they want to get the young man some rounds. The first fight you mentioned in his professional debut when he went the distance, that was a six-rounder. Post that, he was down into some four-rounders before he stepped back up. This is a 10-rounder, so I think that uh, they, the people that are responsible for handling his career at Boxer and his management believe that Fonian's a good opponent to uh, not pose a huge threat in terms of actually winning, but a guy that can show some durability and extend him. Because uh, when you're a young prospect like that, one of the most important things to get the rounds in and to and get that that very uh, badly needed professional experience as you move along. So that's this type of fight a, a apparently credible opponent without a lot of power who has been in with at least a decent opponent who did lose to that opponent but went the distance. So it kind of it kind of checks all the boxes for at least on paper in terms of how you match a young fighter. So uh, I, I've been high on Azim for a while. He's exciting, charismatic. I just think this is another step on the on the on the train to uh, to, to the bigger fights. And again, that's what he's looking forward to. He's been
0: active over the last couple of years. Again, you and I are going to disagree. You like the over seven and a half rounds. Important, again, it's a 10-round fight in the co-feature. I'm going to take the under. I think Azeem gets to uh, Fanyan a little quicker, the Ukrainian opponent. Let's see. Again, uh, Azeem talks a good game. He's got hype around him. He's a little cocky. Uh, you know, again, uh, Fanyan doesn't appear to have that big of a punch. Does he shake him up maybe with a punch? Uh, does Azeem shake Fanyan early with a punch? That's what we're going to find out. Dan thinks it goes a little longer than I do. We're both on the knockout in this co-feature fight. And remember the name, Adam Azeem, as we move forward here. You're going to hear that name some more probably in 2024, especially uh, as as he looks to build. Uh, all right, so again, we got on the air a little late Uh, Dan is hanging in there. We're all hanging in there. Uh, We had some good nostalgia. Just one quick thing. Today would have been the 100th birthday of Rocky Marciano. He died in a plane crash 54 years ago, just the age of 46. We had a great discussion, first plug, for the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Yeah, he was 45 when he died. He would have been 46 the next day today. Uh, He died in a plane crash the night before his 46th birthday. We had a great discussion on the Big Fight Weekend podcast about marciano's place in heavyweight history but there's no doubt he's one of the all-time greats just real yeah. quick before we go and we should acknowledge that a hundred it would have been his 100th birthday today the rock rocky the rock. marciano yeah i mean
1: one of the most uh, legendary heavyweight champions of all time one of the most legendary athletes of all time i mean he was americana for many years during the 1950s it was uh you know babe ruth and i mean uh, mickey Mantle rather and uh, and rocky marciano two of the most famous athletes in the country uh you know the, the country stood still when he had his boxing matches and you know, he beat a number of Hall of Famers, and he's a Hall of Famer in his own right. Uh, what we talk about also is you take a look at what he came in in terms of his weight. In today's boxing, if he stayed at that weight, he'd have been a cruiserweight. I mean, he was never over 200 pounds in his entire career. He was winning championship fights in the 180s. Uh, it's a different time now. Obviously, there's difference in terms of people and how you, uh, you know, work out, uh, you know, nutrition, uh, supplements, things along those lines, bodybuilding, weightlifting. He might, you know, I'm sure he would have been a bit bigger in today's, in today's game. But tough as nails, great chin, great punch, and uh, as popular a figure as there has been. And um, you know, I'm I'm not one of the guys that necessarily has him, you know, in the top five of all time in terms of heavyweights. But you know, certainly a top ten heavyweight of all time, and uh, you know, one of the one of the legends of boxing. Period. End of story.
0: No doubt. And again, uh, we cannot overstate. We we are not of this age. But in the 50s and the 60s, the heavyweight champion of the world. Uh, in boxing, it, it transcended sports. It was a mainstream big deal. And when he died in the plane crash, it was a big deal uh, even after his retirement. Um, so, yes, Rocky Marciano. It's it's amazing uh, that he would have been 100 uh, today. All right. Uh, one more quick thing. A lot of people are asking in the chat about the Spence Crawford Rematch Before we are gone, Errol Spence has reportedly activated the rematch clause. No big surprise. I'll just pose it this way to you. Do you believe that'll be a welterweight fight? Speculate. Or do you think that Terrence Crawford, because it's his choice, he won the first fight by knockout. Do you think it will be a welterweight fight or might they move up? What do you think?
1: Well, number one, uh, I have confirmed that, yes, in fact, uh, Errol Spence has activated his rematch right Uh, whether it's going to take place this year or early next year, and the exact weight has not apparently been uh, disseminated yet. My assumption is that the fight will take place, uh, although contractually supposed to be by the end of this year. I think both sides will agree to put it off till the very early part of next year. Uh, And again, while I don't know the exact details because it's one thing for Errol to activate the rematch, the second part of that is that Crawford has to respond, and, and I'm sure he has a certain amount of time to do so to tell him which is the weight class they're going to do in it because it was his option to do it as a welterweight or as a junior middleweight. I, I sort of suspect they'll do it at junior middleweight because Terrence Crawford um, doesn't, you know, Arrow may have struggled very, very much to make 147 pounds, but it's not like Terrence Crawford makes it easily. So I think Terrence has accomplished his goal of becoming the undisputed champion. And if they have to do it and it's not a welterweight title fighter, perhaps somehow, some way along the way, a junior middleweight belt opens up or something along those lines, maybe they do it for a belt in that weight class. But anyway, I, I suspect that if it happens, it will be a junior middleweight fight. And right. that will, you know, at that point, like we've seen with other undisputed champions, whether it's in a way moving up from Bantamweight or uh, or other fighters that have done that, where belts suddenly start to be splintered. Josh Taylor, a few years ago, the one that's been able to keep it together. And when he defends on September 30th against uh, the other Charlotte, Canelo Alvarez, he'll be making, I believe it's his third defense of the undisputed crown. Nobody in the four belt era that's been undisputed has ever made more than two defenses, to my recollection. So it's kind of a big deal. I mean, Devin Haney did two, the Cambosis rematch and the Lomachenko fight. But now he no longer has the WBC belt because he's going to go up to 140. So it's hard when you have all four to keep them together. So it won't be a surprise if they do this rematch at 154 and that will uh, start to free up the belts at 147 pounds.
0: All right, good enough. We've given you some boxing picks. We've given you a couple of questions on the Q&A. Thank you for bearing with us. Let's recap one more time. This is the Boxer Promotions uh, main event with Liam Smith and Chris Eubank Jr. They're the rematch. This is Saturday afternoon, U.S. time, Saturday night in the U.K. and Manchester Sky Sports pay-per-view in Britain. It will be here on ESPN Plus in the United States. Dan and I disagree. He's got Liam Smith by knockout. I think Eubank wins the rematch after being knocked out somehow, some way. Uh, in this one, Dan also will take the over 10 and a half rounds on that 12 round fight. We both agree in the co-feature fight that Adam Azim will win his junior welterweight showdown by knockout. We disagree on when WHEN, when that fight ends, Dan likes the over again, he's captain over on the show here. I like the under seven and a half rounds with that. Again, we say thank you to the audience for bearing with us as the show got started a little late. Dan, have a good weekend. Enjoy the one big fight card that'll be in England. We appreciate it as always, and we look forward to the month of September rolling and get un- getting underway, Dan. All good stuff.
1: I, I like that it's in England because that means uh, by and here in the United States, we're on in the late afternoon. The fights are over by probably like 6, 6.30 at night had a good night's sleep on a Saturday night. Instead of being up. Yeah. No hours, doubt.
0: Event. No doubt. Lots going on on this Labor Day weekend in the U.S. And you saw the UFC show with Kyle and Maddie and company is coming up right after we're done live here on this very channel at 2 Eastern time. We're here typically at 1 Eastern time. A little later today. Typically here at 1 Eastern time with the U.S. Boxing Show. Find our Big Fight Weekend Preview podcast that's out right now wherever you get podcasts. Look for that. You'll get more of Reeves and Rayfield. But we love being with you. Dan, have a great week weekend. Thank you to everybody at BetUS TV for hanging in there and getting the show on the air here today. I'm merely TJ Reeves. We appreciate you being with us on the BetUS Boxing Show.